Shapeshifters on The Money Show. Not one but three shapeshifters up for grabs this evening. I'm going to be talking to a bunch of people who've come up with some really bright ideas. The MD of OBC Chicken, his name is Tony DeFonesca. He's done amazing things in the world of uh, providing meat into communities. And then Antoinette von Moerten has got the Bayer de Wine brand with uh, endorsed by His Majesty King Goodwill's Velatini. By royal appointment to King Goodwill's Velatini, she's got a marketing thing going on there. But first, Darren Beebe, who is the owner and the founder of Air Cure. What is Air Cure, Darren? It's essentially to try and stop people getting lung diseases. We find solutions and we've got products to stop that. You're not talking about smokers, you're talking mostly in the mining sector. I'm talking about occupational lung diseases. Uh, okay, so what you've brought in this evening and we've tweeted a photograph of it um, is an ordinary mine helmet, one of the hard hats that you would see in the mining sector or in the construction sector. But what you've done is you've attached a circular, well, an, an oval device which looks like it's got an attachment from a vacuum cleaner onto it, but it's also got lots of holes around the edge of it around the rim of it and the idea is i wear a helmet with one of these devices attached to it and you then pump air around my face that's right to rid me of what what we looked at was you go into shops and you get these air curtains and what we 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 wanted What's an air curtain it, it's basically above a door where it gives you this almost like a, an invisible waterfall of air to to create a barrier. I know what you're talking about. And we, we had a wacky idea to put one around a person's face. And it's a little bit Star Wars-ish. And, and we started out with quite an, a, a simple idea, but it developed into something a little bit more. Because a lot of people are overexposed in certain occupations and they, they sit there with these dust masks and I just can't wear them. They, they, most of the people don't wear them. Um, and it, it's very claustrophobic to wear a, a, a dust mask all day. Uh, how, how big is the problem? Because now we kind of think of issues of silicosis and, and lung disease, occupational lung disease as something from the 70s. Surely technology has moved on and, and the mining industry is safer now. I wish. I really do wish. Because I, I see it, I go down mines, I go into factories, and it's, it's everywhere. But, but how serious is the issue of lung, of lung disease in South Africa at the moment as a result, occupational lung disease? I just want you to do one thing for me, Bruce. I've got a very simple, it's a little experiment, but okay. if you could just take a, a, a drinking straw. Which you've conveniently provided <laughs> to me, yes. Put, a, it, put a, it in a your yellow, mouth. A yellow drinking straw, you, anything to make me shut up. Sure, okay? put it in your mouth. Uh, block your nose and just breathe okay. in and out block my nose. for 10 seconds. All right. Now, we're taking the yellow drinking straw and I'm putting it in my mouth and I'm going to breathe through this, right? Breathe it in and out and you can do this at home later. But what I, what I had planned was to bring you a plastic bag and a cable tie and uh, put it over your head. But my wife thought it would be more civil to give you a straw. But just breathing okay, in I'm, and out. I'm, I'm, I'm getting lightheaded and I'm struggling. Bre- okay. Breathing in and out. <laughs> Excuse me. You, you see, we take it for granted. And I think lung, lung yeah. is, is, it's always oh. <laughs> a, a, a horrible thing. But imagine that was your life. But you, you're doing that every day. You, what you're demonstrating is a loss of lung capacity. Cobe- correct. Okay. And, and once people are overexposed, it takes time. But one day is just one day. And it kicks in. And people don't see the urgency because they don't see the blood. If there was an accident and people start getting the ambulances, but because they don't see the blood, 
lung disease doesn't get the, <sighs> the press. Okay. All right. I mean, but, but here you've got this device. Um, it doesn't come cheap. Can the mining sector, uh, one, afford it? Is it prepared to afford it um, in terms of providing protection to workers? Absolutely. I think it works out about five rand a day, which is really a crap cup of coffee. Um, I think it's something that is doable. I don't think it's, – it's not for every miner. This is for people that are specifically in – uh, occupations that are, are putting them in an overexposed uh, environment. Somebody like a winch operator, a rock driller, a loco driver, somebody who's a specific individual that is really overexposed. Okay, now do you have buy-in from the mining sector? It's all well and good to have an innovation. Um, do you have uh, clinical tests to prove that this works, that in fact it will reduce by X percentage points um, the, the rate of, of lung disease and ultimately the long-term liabilities for the mining sector? Yes, we have. I, I think we developed it primarily with the gold mines, uh, they, they in partnership with us, even though we are autonomous from them, uh, we, we've been developing products for them for some time. And so there has been buy-in. I think they are really, I think they're genuine in, in their efforts to want to do. And I don't think that maybe before the, uh, the lawsuits and that, I, I'm not sure if they were really that, that yeah. uh, in, interested, but now they are. And I think they are really going to start looking at rolling this thing out. Is this global? Is there, have you got a global patent on this? Um, how difficult has it been to get a South African innovation uh, protected? I do have a patent on it. I think there is a global um, look at this market. I, th- I think it's something so simple. And as Johnny Ive says but, but at that's Apple... That's the it, trouble, though, isn't it? It is something so simple. It could be copied. It looks simple. Okay. I, I think that's the point, is that it, it looks simple, but it, but it ain't so. Okay. It ain't simple. It's a South African innovation. It's called Air Cure. And it's, it's an innovation. It's actually called the Airhead. Sorry. I it's beg your a, pardon. The company's, uh, the called company's Air, Cure. Air Cure. The company's Air Cure. The, uh, the device is called the Airhead. It's got a sense of humor there. The patent number is all on it. It's a device that attaches to mine workers' helmets or anybody who works in an environment where there could be dust or anything that could be ultimately damaging to lungs. Um, and as, <laughs> and as Darren Beebe is uh, so, Clearly described and uh, and and showed me this evening, just uh, three breaths through a drinking straw does limit your lung capacity. Nobody ever wants to have to suffer from anything like that. Darren Beebe, I wish you luck with it, and I hope the mining sector takes uh, health and safety as seriously as this, and that you find a market for this thing. Thank you. From Air Cure, the Airhead, from somebody who ain't nothing like an Airhead. His name is Darren Beebe. He's the first of three shapeshifters this evening. Shapeshifters. Shapeshifters on The Money Show. Well, that's the first of this evening's Shapeshifters tonight. Darren Beebe uh, from Air Cure with the Air Head, which also has the added benefit. And, of course, if you've ever been down a mine, you will know temperatures can reach 40, 42 degrees Celsius. It's a pretty inhospitable environment, as uh, many mine workers have been telling us over the last couple of months out of the platinum sector. Um, get some air blowing around your face. It'll cool you down as well. Uh, let's talk to uh, Antoinette Vermeerton this evening, the chief executive of Bayerde. Bayerde, you may or may not have sampled their wines, but it is a wine label. And Antoinette from Wurton, you, you got very cheeky with this idea. Um, so confident were you that you needed the royal stamp of approval that you went to the Zulu Royal House and you managed to get King Goodwill's Wellatini to buy into your idea of branding wine with his, with, with his crest. Tell me how that happened. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. I met His Majesty King Goodwill in 2008, and he expressed his wish to create jobs in South Africa. So 
so we joined forces and we developed the first rule signature and by appointment trademark for the African continent. And yes, we have wines, but we also have other products. We have shirts, we have rebels tea, we've got a diamond and jewellery range, but the main focus is the wine. How did you get an appointment with the king? I invited the king. I was a consultant at a wine farm, and I invited the king to visit the wine farm. And to my surprise, he accepted the invitation. And little did I know that there will be a new venture in my life. And the king expressed the wish and say, let us do job creation. And that was like music on my ears. And I thought, wow, but how do you create jobs? You need money to create jobs. And the king said, you can use the royal crest and you can use my signature. And I thought, we don't have a royal luxury signature range of products in South Africa, so that can be a vehicle for job creation. And has it been successful? What what have you achieved since 2008 using the stamp of royal approval? We have been very blessed. We managed to sign a supply agreement with the big role players, the biggest retailer in the world, Walmart. So we um, signed a supply agreement for China and we rolled out the wines nationally in Walmart, China. And I said, well, we've started. If we can do business with China, let us go to Brazil. And we signed a supply agreement and export wines to Brazil. And my next uh, target is Mexico and the United States. Now, is this all part of the agreement that had to be struck, the DTI? And, of course, uh, uh, Minister Patel also from Economic Development were very insistent when Walmart bought MassMart that there should be a, a component of local development. Were you part of that particular transaction or is this separate from that? Um, we were approached by the Walmart group. In fact, I thought it was a scam, but it was <laughs> reality. <laughs> what do you want and, with me, mighty Walmart? Yes. <laughs> and then um, they asked if uh, we were interested to supply wines. I think they did uh, a focused target market on black economic empowerment companies. And I said, well, this is a dream come true to me. And they selected um, there's currently on the supplier development program, which is run at Gibbs Business School, there is 48 um, small enterprises that undergo training in terms of supply and business. Because I think that's the biggest challenge of startup companies that they don't have all the T's crossed, they've got the passion, but they don't sure. know how to do business properly. So, have you created jobs? We, the wines have all beadwork on, and that is our signature. We have 120 women that's doing beadwork. The um, orders from China and Brazil is quite substantial, so we keep them busy there. There's six different groups doing beadwork. Our tea packaging, for instance, also has beads around the soil. So whatever we do, we add value, and it's great jobs on low levels with the you know, that the um, women in the rural areas where there's no help and there's no education, but the beads bring hope to them because it puts seeds on the table and gives them, you know, a sustainable income.
Uh, well, what um, is the next step then, Antoinette, for Bayerde? Because here you've got the wines and you, your wine exports are going well into China. You've got Brazil, Mexico, and of course the United States next on your menu. But it's not all about the wines, as you pointed out, the the, the, the presidential shirts, the rooibos, uh, and also the jewellery. Um, are those going to benefit further from this association with the Zulu Royal House? Yes, yes. The idea of Bayerde is to be a vehicle uh, to promote South Africa as a a country that can compete internationally with the best in terms of quality and supply. And then also, um, you know, the other commodities is food. We've signed a, a license agreement to bring out a whole food line where value will be added. And we want to be South African. We want to portray South Africa and show the world that we can compete with the biggest and the best globally. So the vehicle, we want to create that vehicle. We've got 109 entities that's currently involved in our company by either services or products. So my focus is the food line to roll that out um, as soon as possible. And the keys we already export to China and then also to extend that footprint. Uh, the clothing line, we've licensed that. It's rolled out in the presidential schools, Thomas and Beno nationwide and we want to focus here on exports and you know the artists the small enterprises that doing beautiful pottery for instance and um, we started our first export to Germany so it's really to use the talent that we have in South Africa but the lack of the market is hopefully the, the gap that we can fill. Uh, Antoinette Pumerton, we wish you the best with it. What a nice uh, innovation story. The chief executive of Bayede getting the royal stamp of approval from the Zulu Royal House. Uh, the Bayede brand carries the royal crest. It's got the, the King Goodwill Zulatini signature on the product as well. And she's making inroads using Walmart as the vehicle to reach global markets. Another great South African innovation. Shapeshifters. Shapeshifters on The Money Show. Now, I always like shapeshifters. I've not heard of my producers have said to me you need to talk to tony de fonesca the md of obc chicken because he's got a great story to tell i've got to trust my producers tony and i hope that your story is a good one to tell because you've got something like 50 retail outlets that um are not positioned for my shopping experience but you're looking to target the mass market of south africa yes please good evening good evening to you and to your listeners tell me about uh, tell me about obc you're quite correct in saying we've got just over 50 uh, stores at the moment. We should have closer to 60 by the end of the year, all going well. Uh, and you're 100% right. I mean, if you haven't heard of it, it means we, we're doing our job correctly. <laughs> uh, we've positioned our, our, um, our stores for, for many years. And OBC's been operating for about 25 years. Traditionally, we, we position ourselves close to commuter markets. Um, but obviously, as the, 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 the market has changed, we've uh, moved quite, quite, quite strongly into the township areas where uh, lots of shopping centres are coming up, and we're very much uh, positioned in, in, in township communities, uh, what's commonly called the emerging market or the lower-income market, and we've provided and catered for them for many years. Um, and the need has changed over the years. Traditionally, ABC was uh, fairly small stores of two to 300 squares, but as the market's changed, as the electrification, as the demog- demographics of our country have changed, uh, we found that our consumers want a bigger basket from us and want us to provide them with more products. So we've grown our stores to... Five six hundred squares and primary focus being on chicken and meat as per what the name says OBC chicken and meat but we've expanded the range to a core range of groceries and almost daily essential needs to suit our customers' needs. I mean, basically, you're taking on Shoprite by stealth. 
Well, you could say that to a certain extent, and um, uh, we must be doing something right because we've, you know, we, we found ourselves in, in in certain shopping centres where landlords have been uh, basically uh, asked that um, they, you know, alternative ones will only be the, the only food retailers and not necessarily allow ourselves in. But I wouldn't say we're taking on Shoprite itself. Um, I mean, there's lots of other players. We're not really wanting to go for the mid two thousand square metre. Um, stores focusing, you know, giving cleaning powders and that type of thing. We're really, really focusing on our core strengths, which is the chicken and meat and the core principles. We do a lot of fish as well, but really focusing on our on our consumers' daily essentials and providing them with that convenience, with that consistency, and with the competitiveness that we wanted. Um, so our intention is not to take on ShopRite, not at all. Where, where's, uh, where, do source, we, we, where do you source we, your product from, Tony? Uh, the bulk of our stock is local product. Uh, that is probably 80% of our stock, but we've got central distribution centres and we've uh, capitalised on where there is opportunity to buy from some of the imports. Then, you know, we quickly snap it up and we feed it through to our to our franchise members and to our stores and we, we've got quite an efficient distribution system. So we can capitalise on, uh, obviously, local product and where the opportunity where there is opportunity buyers on some of the imports, then we, we certainly capitalise on that and uh-huh. use our efficiencies to get it to to the shop front quite quickly. Have, have the import regulations on chicken uh, that Rob Davies brought in to protect the South African chicken industry, have those impacted your ability to operate at all? Not really. Um, and, and probably because we spent, you know, we've invested large resources in, in setting up our distribution, uh, distribution efficiency. So we can capitalise on whichever way it goes. So if, if it's, if it's uh, competitive to bring in imports, we can do that. If we can get the right price locally, then we do that. So it, it, will, it will obviously affect the market to a certain extent, but keeping in mind, it's not uncommon. Uh, if we look at the borders, uh, the countries bordering us, those regulations are there. So it's not uncommon that this, this type of thing happens, but we're well, mm. we're well geared to, to capitalise on it, whichever way it goes, quite frankly. So we're not too perturbed by that. Tony DeFonesca, thank you. The MD of OBC Chicken, been around since 1987, but uh, becoming a bigger force within the world of retail. Also this evening, we had the chief executive of Bayerde, and it's more than just wine, but wine is certainly leading the Bayerde business. Uh, and that, of course, was Antoinette von Moerten, who got uh, the Zulu Royal King stamp of approval. And then also kicking off our triple play of shapeshifters this evening, Darren Beebe from uh, Air Cure, who's come up with an innovation to change the lives of miners for the better.